0: Oh <music>
1: it says 40. Is it 40? Yeah, 40. It's 40. 40. Fuck! 40, 40. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? Guess what? Guess what? It's magically 41 now. Okay? <laughs> I, I don't know what
2: episode it is. It was supposed to be 41, but it's 40.
1: Is it? Oh, you know what? You're right. It was supposed to, because we didn't record last week.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody so, has stuff to do.
1: Well, I... Not me. I uh.
2: <laughs> Nixed a loner in the back.
1: I didn't really have anything to do. I just, I just kind of overestimated um. exactly how much work was gonna kick my ass after not being there for two and a half, three months. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: my god. Yeah, for sure. There's that. <laughs> walk in and there's a stack a mile high of papers. Oh, so this is
1: what you've missed. Yeah, you gotta so walk us that.
4: through what you went through.
1: Oh yeah. man, it was rough. It was uh. it wasn't that, I mean, cause. There is no catching up with my job because if the job, if you fall behind, then the, it's a governmental thing where you have to be in compliance. So somebody had to come do my job and somebody from the corporate came to do my job. The problem is uh, my job is there. there's an end goal, but there's many, many different ways to get to that goal. And not everybody does it the same way. Everybody kind of develops their own method. You know, as far as keeping track of paperwork and and this, that, and the other, and Jesus Christ, getting back in there and and not knowing where anything was and trying to make sense of (laughs) where we were at, and it was just—I came home and within a half an hour of being home, I was in the shower and in bed, and I I, just—I was exhausted. Like I uh, and I only had to work three days: Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday a little bit of catch up over the weekend and uh, now i'm ready to give it another shot this week but
3: yeah it dude, just wore me out you're all out worn of practice out. man
1: yeah but i think it's coming back because i'm still doing things like re- cardiac rehab like i'm you know which is essentially going to the gym but when you go to the gym you there's a nurse standing right next to you and they've got you on heart monitors and there's a you know a, a tech <laughs> watching a <laughs> monitor of everybody that's in the room exercising. <laughs> I just no, had
4: a vision of you bench pressing like 400 pounds with Arnold Schwarzenegger in a nurse's outfit spotting for you.
1: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I could dig it. I could dig oh. it. Maybe in my younger years. I mean, I used to do that a lot back when I was playing college football and whatnot, but uh, not in the middle. Dude, I would be lifting three-pound weights, and after about 10 reps, I'm like, can I please
3: stop? Please I'm above let me you. stop. Do Let's it again. Bring your it below I'm right above now. you.
1: <laughs> so yeah we <laughs> working through that shit but trying to get myself uh, conditioned to handle a work week and needless to say I mean I did a little bit of running around this weekend ended up I did end up I don't know if I, I did so look I went camping not this weekend but last weekend and I <laughs> fell Fun. off my e-bike
3: uh-huh. <laughs> no no <laughs> 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 You took a doctor. I wasn't
1: even thinking. I was... So, when I went to tell... I told him. You know, I went to a doctor's appointment because an issue arose that I thought... I thought I had damaged my recently repaired ankle. Right? Because I have this massive swelling and bruise on my whole left leg and from my ankle up to my knee. And, you know, I'm, I'm on blood thinners and lots of other heart medications that cause shit like that. But it was kind of strange because... The doctor, when I told him, he said, so, how fast were you going? I'm like, well, I wasn't. I was standing still. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I fell off my bike standing still.
4: You bited <laughs> it.
1: You're yes, I joke. did.
4: That's so, great.
1: Luckily, no damage, but I ended up going to going to urgent care this weekend just 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 to make sure, get an x-ray, get a second, you know, get the doctor's opinion to make sure that I hadn't damaged any of that. Well, you know, I was walking on a broken ankle for a year, and I didn't know it was broken. So, who knows? Maybe I'd damaged those screws or whatever. But
3: The splinter holder together thing? (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, here's the deal. I did take the Logo 200 camping, but I did not fly it because I suck.
3: Because bears.
1: No, I just... I don't know, man. It's like, I just didn't, you know, all the the best intentions, I guess, but it just didn't, but for some reason.
3: You just couldn't do it. Looking at it and you're like, oh, I even no. took that little rock crawler that I bought. I didn't yeah. see
1: any action either, but I just was relaxed. It was nice. It was a good, that 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 was last weekend, but uh, not this last weekend, but the weekend before. But uh, this week, this past weekend, all I did is uh, bought a new travel trailer. Hmm. Nice. Yes. Yeah.
3: New to you or new, new,
1: new, brand new.
3: Ah, yes. All the way new.
1: Uh, 2023.
3: Nobody else's boogers under the seat. Perfect. Nobody
1: else's, uh, shit on the mattress either.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No
0: bunk socks.
1: (laughs) Nobody else's shit in the toilet. No, I'm uh, looking forward to that. But, uh, Scott, if you come up to, um, if you're gonna to go to New York, got a slide-out bed,
4: ooh,
1: or a pull-out couch bed.
4: Uh, it may pull out, but I won't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, 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 uh. He's in said that the long just long. happened.
2: <laughs> I just want to say, yeah,
3: I know. Wow, I don't know, I'm not. I'm
1: not uh, even, I not i do not even know what to say to that.
3: You might have to rescind the mattress statement later. I know, right? It's an easy hundred bucks. Oof. <laughs> That's gas money, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah, it is. That's a lot of gas money. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> but anyway, that's all my that's all I've been doing. That uh, who's oh, next? Jesus.
3: Jesus, I'll go next. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for the last couple of weeks, um, I've I don't know. I've had all kinds of other like things to do to care for for to help other people out. You know, like my son had some work he had to do on his car. Um, he had to do um, the brake pads all around and discovered he had to replace the caliper. Um, and He also had to do his power steering pump and, and all this. And I mean, I know how to do all that stuff, and I could have just been like, okay, let's do this and that. But I just kind of s- sat back a little bit to the side and w- would just kind of plant various seeds to get him thinking certain ways. And I just kind of let him run the show, and I made sure he wasn't going to destroy anything. And he figured it out, you know, which is pretty cool, so couple of days worth of uh, uh, working on that last week. Um, And then previous to that, I I had to work on my Jeep, do some brake work on my Jeep as well. Um, Brake lines and a a caliper on on the front on that one. Um, So basically, I was the the surrogate mechanic for the last week and a half or so. Uh, Saved myself and my kid a ton of money, of course, in labor, right? So it's totally worth it. Plus, my son learned a lot more about you know, that's just, uh, another notch in his belt of, you know, things he can fix on his own, you know, ways that he can self-sustain, which is pretty cool. Um, did some more, uh, housework, helped my mom with her gutters. Uh, I, I got my gutters kind of dialed in a little bit better. Um, so went over and helped my mom with her gutters. She's got this corner that just leaks right onto her porch. And so we're sussing that out. We almost got it fixed. I just got to go up there and seal up some stuff. But uh, now there's like a minor drip that's left, but, um. So yeah, um, that's kind of what I've been doing the last couple of weeks, um, around the house and, um, non-heli related, but, you know, interspersed in between all of that, I've, you know, been able to get some flights you know, some heli flights in, in the backyard with the Oxy2 and just doing circuits and, um, low head speed flights to try and, you know, see how long I can fly on the pack and just real tame shit, you know, um, got out to the park a few times in the last couple of weeks. Uh, actually, including yesterday and today, you know, today I flew quite a bit before we started recording, which is pretty good time. Um, it was windy as fuck out though. So it was like, I could really only do all my maneuvers in one direction effectively. So I was basically doing, um, like left to right loop to loops, really big ass loop to loops. And at the top I would do various tricks into the wind, you know, and it would just drag me across and then come back down and. So, yeah, it was fun. Just sat out there for a couple hours. Got like, uh, I flew three packs on my T-Rex 500. I flew the T-Rex 600. Three uh, packs on the Oxy-2. It was a little too windy to fly that bird anymore out today, you know. But, uh, so, yeah, just trying to do the thing, you know. Um, Kind of a little bit of the same, you know. Just get out and fly or sim if I can, you know. Um, This that nefarious uh, uh, outage that I've been talking about at my work uh, where like large swathes of the internet are coming down or whatever, that's kind of chilled out. We've kind of figured out what's going on with that. And the vendor's got that kind of a bug fixed, you know, which is cool. Um, So my bandwidth is a little bit different at night. So I've been able to them and work on the helis and, you know, tune them a little bit here and there. And, um, you know, I've got, Pretty much got all the stuff on the uh, Sab five seventy off of it that's broke, um, and now just uh, I mean you know just kind of looking at what I've got and just getting ready to you know put that back together at some point. Um, Dan, I know you had mentioned something about you were going to send me some stuff, but yeah, I saw. I don't, don't worry about it, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's your shit. It's free. Don't worry about it. You know. Um, no, I I know I have a lot of
1: those parts that you need. I know I do. I just gotta get into the drawers and, and pull them. Yeah.
3: It. Well, Heliorex got a thirty percent off sale in June, so maybe if it's on parts, I can hit them up over there too. And between that and you I can get the thing back in the air and have some a couple of crashes worth sitting around, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So there's my distilled two weeks, you know, a little mechanical like mechanic mentoring my son's car, it's like night and day now that he's done all that work on it because he's just been kind of camping on it as teenagers do. Um, so he's super happy about that and feels well accomplished. And so my goal, you know, was accomplished, you know, that he was able to get that and have that feeling from it. So fucking cool as hell. And I, I didn't crash any. Oh, I didn't tell you guys. Okay, check this out. Um, it was uh, um, probably a few days ago. um. Devin, I don't remember what day it was. I Devin, I texted Devin, asked him about some servos, and it was after this happened. But um, I was having one of the, these days where I was out of balance. You know, we'll, we're talking about balance today. You know, for our main topic, and we'll get to more of it later. But on this day, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and was immediately confronted with people needing other things from me. And all my time was being like already allocated and I wasn't getting to choose. And I was like, uh, you know, and I was just, Burr, I was like growling at myself. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go outside and fly for a little bit before I have to get into all this other shit. So I take my, um, oxy two out there and I'm kind of in a huff, plugging the thing in and I turn my radio on and I put the thing down on the ground and, it, and it, whatever, just get ready to fly. Fucking take off. And the thing just lurches hard to the left and flips over. And I'm like, what the fuck? I, you know, throttle hold. And it, uh, busted all the servo arms. Um, thankfully the gears and the servos are okay. And I had a spare set of arms here. Um, and, um, uh, one of the, uh, uh, cause it's the DFC head, right? So one of the links that comes down, just the link part, uh, not the, uh, the fixed, uh, part that you connect to the arm, that little link broke and I had to spare one of those, but it was a stupid, stupid thing because I just wasn't in the, you know, I wasn't in that place and I turned the radio on and it was still on my simulator model. So all the... All my throws and everything was different. And so I fucking dumb, super dumb thumb tanked that into the ground, which just so that totally sucked. And I ended up um, not flying anymore after that. That day I was like, Argh. Uh, but that was a total example of how I was just trying to push super hard against that the, the balance between like life and self and you know, the hobby. You know, I was like just trying to force it down my experienced throat. I was like, hobby, go do it. And I just, wasn't paying attention, turned my radio on wrong model and tried to fly and fucking crashed. It was fucking lame. But anyway, I recovered from that pretty quick. That is lame, dude. That's pretty lame. (laughs) Yeah, it was dumb. But I got it back together and it flies really good now. So that's even better.
1: What's that got to do with you texting Devin? I'm,
3: I'm lost. Oh, so, okay. So after it crashed, I was like, Fuck. And I tried to put some, I was putting the servo horns together and I had one on. And I just didn't have a tight enough. And I, I was, you know, trying to try arrange my hand, you know, with my hand. And I kept catching this spot. And it was like, click, 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 click. And I was like, ah, oh, damn it. I'm going to have to buy servo gears now. And I'm like, you know what? These are older servos. It's just these old the links, old like stock servos you could buy the, um, from back in the day. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll ask Devin if he knows, like, where's a good spot to get, or like, what's the, like a good model that I could get for a set of cyclics. And so I texted him about that. Like, yeah, I get this particular model. So I'm sussing that out. Um, but now, I mean, the gears work fine. So right now it's not like a dire need for me to get, you know, some servos on the Oxy 2 cause these ones are still working, you know, but if I end up tanking it hard enough to break a servo, I'm just going to buy some new cyclics at some point, but I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Who's next? Yeah. I can go next. Nicholas! Good to hear from you, man. It's been long and hard without you. That's what she said.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, I missed uh, the last three weeks, and then I was ready to go last week, but nobody else was. (laughs) Nope. Um, But yeah, man, I've been all over the place through Europe. Uh, I've just been working ridiculous hours nonstop, so... In different time zones that just were not compatible with the podcast. So happy to be back uh, for sure, uh, at least for this week. Um, currently in Princeton, New Jersey, like as the crow flies, like 30 miles from Devon. But as you drive in New Jersey, like 19 hours.
3: Um,
1: so. <laughs> Say hi to Dr. What? House for me while you're there. To who? To Dr. House.
3: Dr. House, rectal examiner. Yeah,
1: he um, He works in New Jersey at Princeton.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, Seriously,
1: nobody (laughs) knows that reference?
2: No. From the TV show. That's from the TV show. (laughs)
3: You (laughs) You all That's from the TV show. Yeah, Yeah, that one. Anyway. Dude, fun fact about that. I don't mean to derail the show too much, but fun fact. The actor that played House would periodically switch the leg that he was limping on. So there are some episodes where he's limping on the opposite leg than his normal character's leg. And nobody even noticed and they actually published it.
1: Yeah, he's also from the UK.
3: Uke. Okay.
1: Mm.
3: Now that that
0: fun fun bit of trivia is over with. Um, (laughs) So, I have been traveling nonstop, but I did manage recently to get home uh, between jobs uh, just for three days, and uh, I had a bunch of goodies waiting for me. Uh, So, uh, in my Puma, I currently have an Egodrift 4025 HT, which was a great motor for that and I wanted to see how small and light a motor I could get away with uh, but anyway I want to try some longer blades on the Puma so I had an egodrift 4030 HD come in uh, which is supposed to be a great motor for these lightweight 700s so I'm excited to give that a try I also had a set of the SAP 721 millimeter blades come in um, so I might try those on the Puma as well as on the RAW and see if I like them anywhere uh, nice. so I'm excited for that and then my Mikado V-Touch Evo uh, was sitting there in the box waiting for me uh, as well mm-hmm. as a pair of Evo FBLs with Doug Darby metal cases
3: and uh, I got to off. open that
0: so that was pretty cool um, i are just showing of, off now <laughs> well when you're gone oh, for five yeah. weeks like stuff comes in <laughs> that you ordered in collects. January <laughs> <laughs> right Uh, So I've only played with the the V-Touch Evo transmitter just a little bit, kind of set it up, updated it, and then configured the switches, and that's about as far as I got. Uh, You know, it feels just like the V-Touch in terms of feel. The only real difference is that it boots up really fast and the software runs really fast. Um, But uh, my plan is to take the Stormtrooper RAW, which currently has a three-blade head on it, uh, put it back to a two-blade, swap out the regular Neo for the Neo Evo, and then try it there first. Uh, And yes, I've heard about some possible vibration troubles with the Evos. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get to the news. All right. Most excitingly, though, I did finally get to go out and fly literally for the first time in just about five weeks uh, while I was home. Which was freaking fantastic. Uh, On Friday, my wife amazingly took a ton of children to the local pool and told me that I should go fly. Uh, So here in Atlanta, school ended on Thursday of last week. Uh, We start really early, so we end really early too. Uh, So I set an alarm for, this is how much I miss helicopters. I set an alarm for five o'clock in the morning so I could get up extra early that morning and try and finish the setup on the four blade head on the Nimbus 550 that's going to go in that scale fuselage. So Hmm. I basically just test test fit the head on it really quick, but I hadn't really like, Loctited the balls to the swash or like really set the length of the links or any of that stuff. So I got up early, Loctited all the things, uh, rebuilt the head. You know, I bought it used, so I took it apart and checked it and re-lubricated things, et cetera. Uh, all the way into doing the pitch setup, which was uh, just, I don't know, I haven't cursed that much in a long time. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the Roban, so it's a, it's a Roban four blade head that's meant for 550 to 600 size helicopters. And there's just not a lot of adjustability in it the way that the, the links are. You basically, you know, have a full turn of the link in either direction, and that's as close as you're going to get your tracking. There's no, like, fine-tune adjustment in it. So, you know, trying to be the perfectionist, I tried to get, you know, zero as close as I could, and basically I got within 0.1 to 0.3 degrees was about the range between blades. So not not too bad. Um a little nervous that it wasn't, you know, zeros all around, but I was like, eh, how terrible can it be? Let's just send it. So I grabbed that. I grabbed the raw 580 and I headed out to the field and I hadn't flown in like five weeks. So I was super rusty. Uh, Although it went surprisingly well. I was like, you know, spooling up for the first time. I'm like, oh, geez, here we go. Uh, And you feel really rusty. And I was like, ah, we'll just do some like basic stuff, some circuits and like ease into it. But within about, I don't know, a minute, I was back to my old self. Uh, So it came back fast. I mean, I wasn't as smooth or as connected as usual, but I felt very safe. I wasn't like nervous about putting it in or anything stupid. So that was good. So two flights in the raw 580 later, I'm like, fuck it. Let's maiden the four blade. So I spool it up and... It's not shaking itself to pieces. So step one, complete. Oh, that's uh, good. Tracking on the ground at zero pitch, you know, it looked okay. Uh so I'm like, all right, cool. It's not shaking itself to death. Let's try and lift it off. So I go to lift it up and it makes this weird noise. And it's the same noise that makes when you put too much negative pitch in when the helicopter's sitting on the ground. And yeah. I'm like, well, that's weird. What the what the hell's going on? So I go the other way. So I start putting in a little negative pitch and it starts getting light on the skids. And I was like, oh Ooh. shit, throttle." I'm like, oh, okay, no. collectives <laughs> backwards.
3: <laughs> that's bad. That could have got dicey, huh? Well, I guess it's yeah. kind of easy to notice that if you try to take off and it won't, you know. Lucky.
0: Yeah, and then it makes that noise. that's like, you're trying to push mm-hmm. me into the ground and I'm a little angry about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I go to spool it up again, it's just a zero pitch, because I'm like, well, let me just triple check because I knew what it was. Uh, aileron and elevator control and make sure that my theory is right and so aileron and elevator were correct you know I just put a little bit of aileron and the heli leaned in the correct direction same thing with elevator I'm like all right, cool so try to hold the problem is that the four blade head uses trailing edge control versus all of the other heads I've ever set up use leading edge control of the blade so Mm, that's why collective is backwards but aileron and elevator are not so I try and find the setting in the v bar I'm like it's got to be in here somewhere I can't find it. I start messaging Scott and he's like, it's in this menu, but I don't know where. And I start trying to find it and whatever. I ended up putting some posts on Facebook and I still couldn't find it. And people are just like, it's in those menus in the expert menu and setup. And I'm like, I'm looking at those damn menus. Where is it? I can't find it. And then finally, Ron sent me a screenshot and there was just a menu in the swash geometry that I hadn't scrolled quite far enough. It's like the very last line on the bottom. So once I scrolled far enough, I found it and flipped the collective direction, uh, and then I'm like, "All right, cool. Now I can I can maiden this thing." Uh, so here we go. So get it back mm-hmm. on the pad and go to uh, to spool it up. And uh, and by the way, for anyone that suggested just reverse reverse your servos, that doesn't work uh, in this oh. situation because it would also reverse right. your aileron and elevator incorrectly. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyway, all right, back to the maiden. So. The head gain on the Nimbus was at like 65 or 70. And I'm like, well, this is a four blade head. So let's cut that way down to 50 to start with. So lifted it off the first time. And the tail boom is practically vibrating, but not side to side, up and down. And I'm like, oh, holy head gain. So put throttle hold on, settle it down, turn the head gain down to like 20 and take it off again. And then it's way better. (laughs) Um, Uh So that one still had a little bit of bobble. But I flew it around for a little bit and it was it was doing fine. Landed, dropped the head gain to 10 and it flew great. So with four blades, I'm pretty sure I could turn the head gain to zero. Um, yeah. And it would be fine. It was crazy stable, hovered beautifully, super predictable, smooth, no quirks. Uh, in the end, I got two flights on it that were totally uneventful. I So I flew this, by the way, with the Nimbus canopy on it. So it looks like a Puddenbood Nimbus, but with four blades just super weird looking. I desperately wanted to 3D it. I really did. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Let me just do like a few flips.
3: How did the I gotta say, with it?
0: I, <laughs> I'm just not super impressed with the, with the Roban head or whoever you say that. Like it's fine for scale. I have no doubt, but part of me was like, man, what if like I do two flips and then I boom strike and explode the thing? Like then I'm starting yeah, over. Right? I'm going to be super pissed off at myself. And for what? Because I wanted to like goofily do a couple flips. Oh, so I'm like, nah, I'm going to play it safe. Uh, so I did a couple of like upright nose down funnels and giggled a little. And then that was as far as I got towards 3D, so, which is not very. So got that done. That felt good. Uh, flew the raw 580 a bunch more times. Uh, helped out a fellow club member who just bought a brand new uh, V bar Evo and had an Evo FBL out there. So I walked him through how to kind of get that set up. Um, one of the plankers came over and talked my ear off for like an hour, and I'm like, I just want to fucking fly. <laughs> um, but damn, uh, it, it, it was all in good fun. Um, and I gotta say, man, <sighs> do not underestimate the mental health boost that comes from just escaping to the field for like three and a half hours after five weeks of nonstop work, man. Holy crap. Hmm, yeah. Did I need that? And did it feel damn freaking good? Um,
3: for sure. Like a bath feels- for your brain.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've had, and <laughs> we'll talk about this in the balance episode. Like, I don't think I've had a minute to myself that wasn't dictated by someone else in in five weeks. I wake up, it's work, it's family, and the few minutes I've been home. So uh that was that was good. Yeah. Uh anyway, as far as the scale bird goes, I think I'm gonna fly it maybe like one more day in its current configuration just to really Ring it out. And I was actually thinking of weighing the fuselage and then weighing down the pod and like the scale fuselage and then weighing down the pod and boom. And mm, just, yeah. you know, doing as much testing and kink working out while it's easy to get to everything before I try and like fit it in the fuselage. So,
3: um, yeah. Haley kink is never good. Yeah. So
0: I got, you know, plenty to do on that. I can do a bunch of stuff on the fuselage still. I still have to kind of clean up all the wiring for the retracts and the lighting and like before I can start mounting mechanics. So, but uh, making progress there. Uh, so those of you who have repeatedly messaging me, asking me uh, if I've started the Nitro, and when I answer them, following it up with, why haven't I started the Nitro? I still haven't done it. <laughs> uh, so thanks for the messages. Uh, here's the good news. I have just a couple more jobs left, of busy season. Uh, my kids are heading to a two-week summer camp uh, in June, which and I'm home for like a week there. So I have a great build week coming up in june where i hope to get the nitro knocked out so that will be done soon and uh that's all i got
3: other than happy to be back yeah that's cool happy you're back dude that's cool you got that four blade head going i was worried it would become like some crazy calculus to try and get every did it track fine just right off that first hover or did you have to fuck with it i mean if you truly
0: stare at the tips of the blades I could make a slight improvement, but there's no like adverse behavior. There's no excessive vibration. There's no like it yeah. flies super smooth. Tracking looks pretty damn good for knowing we're that you know it's not perfect. Um, yeah, so word. I'm uh, I'm gonna call it good at this point. Nice.
4: All right, Scott, Devin. Sounds fun. The yeah, was fun. Was the uh, had the tail hold with the four blade head. Like, did it, do you notice a big difference? You notice more bite in the head and less grip in the tail kind of thing?
0: I mean, I didn't really challenge it, so I flew it in a scale-like manner. And with that style of flying, I didn't notice any problems.
4: Okay, cool. Have you ever heard that trick that some people do with multi-blade helis where they'll set it up as a smaller size heli in the fly bar list too?
0: I have, yeah, and I did that on my raw three-blade, but um, I hadn't tried doing it in this one.
4: Yeah, I haven't played with that. I think... It must have been you that told me originally because you you got it from Mikkel, I think. Yeah. Um, Cool idea. I mean, it'd be worth trying, but I'd also be super scared to try it with a skill head for some reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got to say, I look at this four blade head and it's intimidating to me because I'm like, I feel like I should know more about this. And I'm just saying, fuck it and spooling it up.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Can you get parts for it? Like, is it is it really that big of a deal if it goes in or is it just a pain in the ass every which way?
0: Oh, it's terrible if it goes in. I mean, Roban parts are not easy to find. I mean, they're okay. stocked, but whether they have them in stock, uh, you know, is a, is a big issue. So you're looking all over the world trying to find it or on eBay, and I don't think you want to put it in.
4: Yeah, I was just curious. And then because it's a four blade, you don't have to mess with having a match set, right? It's just two match sets and you're good?
0: That's what the scale guy said to me because I was trying to find a match set of four. Or I actually bought six of the same 550 blade thinking I would pick the closest four. Mm-hmm. And they were like, nah, just run match sets across from each other.
4: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: And I was like, oh, okay, that's easy. So uh, I need to paint the blades next, which I'll probably do before I mount it in the fuse so I can test it again with the blades painted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll basically have to mark the roots so I know which are the matching pairs
2: and then paint the blades. Yeah. Well Nick, you know what's super cool? If you get if you get tired of the four blade, you could just take two blades off and it's normal again. This is true. Just
4: keep the Damn same head. Know. Oh no <laughs> yep. shit. I never even thought of that. We used That's to do true. that.
2: My dad had a logo 500 SE, so it's a 600, and he put a four blade head on it and when he was like he would just toy around with the four blade and then he would take two blades off and would fly it like normal doing flips and everything cuz It was <laughs> That's fun. wild. Yeah. You know what's kind of cool with a
0: four blade head
2: is, and I'm going to get
0: this wrong, but as you input aileron and or elevator with one set of blades pointing, you know, parallel with the with the boom and the other the other way, and I forget which one's which, but when you input aileron, only one pair of blades reacts, and so when you input elevator, the other set of blades reacts.
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. When
0: when they're 90 degrees apart from each other, which is just kind of wild to
3: see. <laughs> yeah, that cool. phasing is pretty neat, especially with the four blades because you can totally, at like it seems to pop out of the ring, the the phasing, like uh, m- more plainly t- to watch it, you know, or if you turn it all at 45 degrees, you can see all of them will have some some amount of pitch, you know? Yeah.
0: I read a lot on phasing multi-blade setups only to realize that this particular head, the way it's designed, you don't need to adjust the phasing. <laughs> it's just built but, in. But I learned a lot about it.
4: <laughs> you can do it in the Neo too. It's got digital digital yep. phasing. Cool. What do you got? What have you been up to? Um, Man, Um, I, I don't really want to go into too many details. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't have an electric helicopter anymore, but the new kit's on its way. Um, I did not sell it. I destroyed it by accident. Um, way to go, bro. Yeah, my bad. That's
1: what you do, man. That's your thing. Yeah. That's your jam. It was the worst
4: demolition of a helicopter I've ever had in my life. Um, there's nothing left. 100 percent nothing. I damaged my motor. I damaged my ESC. I guess the servos are okay, I think. Um <laughs> it basically took like six people to find everything. And Damn. then we all just <laughs> oh, took geez. turns like putting it in my trunk, and it's been there for two weeks. I <laughs> all never like just <laughs> dropping
3: it. The-
4: yeah. <laughs> oh no. Dude, it that's was Captain like, Rekit fucking five star action right there, dude. You are at the top. Dude, it was the worst um i actually like right at the end before i went home i was like oh shit let me get the battery because it was in my trunk tacoed," and i was like i don't want that sitting <laughs> in my trunk for two weeks right <laughs> because I, I know me i'm not gonna look at that shit till it's like i have a new kit to move everything to <laughs> but that that was disheartening um but anyway that's all i really did um because i didn't have anything to fly or build i ended up painting some rc car bodies again and to catch up ever since i got covid like three or four months ago i stopped painting just hard stop i don't yeah. know why but um i had a bunch of people that are like hey are you ever gonna like finish that paint job you're gonna do for me I was like,
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, shit. oh yeah
4: yeah let me get on that as soon as i got nothing going on <laughs> <laughs> so, knocked out a bunch of those this weekend that was cool um i was supposed to be off work today ended up going in to work on a presentation i'm like Super nervous for work because things are like moving pretty quick. Um, there's a position open that I really want. Uh, I should say it's opening. It's not open yet, but, um, definitely trying to give it my A game and, and get everything prepped so that way I can transition into that role if it, if it happens. So, um, definitely my life has swung the other way as far as work, home, life balance and it's become work balance. Um, and very little hobby balance with the exception of painting yesterday, but that's all I've done. I'm going to have to take a no fly because I took a recap.
3: No, no fly. fly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fly? Oh, shit. Yeah. Thumper.
4: Yeah. Uh-huh. Devin, what you
2: got? Okay. So let me think back to two weeks ago. Okay. Two weeks ago, I was a planker.
3: You I was dirty planker. Still
2: right. Lock? Right. A wanker. I was a planker. I, was I mean, in the- his defense, though, it was for his dad's birthday, right? Yeah. My dad's mm, birthday yeah. was. The 19th. So it was that Friday. Yeah, we And um, well, he went up. Happy birthday to the coolest McClellan. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> yes,
4: Captain McToon. It was your mom's birthday? No, my dad's. <laughs> oh, sorry. Rob's comment threw me off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, I, confused. I, that confused.
2: that's confused me confused <laughs> that confused me yeah
3: Workboards.
2: um no so we were flying <laughs> jets yep that was good um, that sounds fun though dude that's cool yes it was great it was a good time I mean it rained Saturday so we just hung out and uh drank beer and watched movies um Sunday it was really nice though. So we kind of stayed a little bit later, and then we came back from New York where we were upstate, and we broke my trailer again. Dude, oh, stop. Yeah. Jesus, Christ. Stop bro. already. Bro, d- dude, no, I swear no, to God, ain't my fault. It's the one you The roads are so damn bad. Like, <laughs> like Blame New, it on York J- and, New York and Pennsylvania suck.
1: <laughs> I mean, the roads are hard. Yeah, untrue statement.
2: It's not if you drive into New Jersey, our roads aren't that bad.
1: Yeah. Compared, yeah.
2: To, compared to you guys, yeah, it's better.
1: Yeah, I mean, you really fucked it up. So, Even um, all roads are bad.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're all it's it's all pretty bad. New Jersey is you know, it's pretty, it's pretty good, but no, I was I took 380 to get home. And 380 is a horrible road because it's a trucker road and it's scalloped like you can't believe from all the heavy trucks. So the whole road is just you bouncing up and down and getting thrown all over the place. And I got him (sighs) home. I came home and (laughs) the pedestals for the pedestals for the leaf springs on my trailer were snapped off the
3: frame. Oh damn! It was just flapping in the wind, huh? Yeah.
2: So. And it did not break my welds. I know a lot of people will say that because I did fix it. Fix it. It did not break my welds. the The pedestal sheared three sixteenth inch steel in two pieces. It sheared it. So that God, was dangerous. great. So that close to your welds? Not close. Not super oh, close.
4: Okay. Well,
2: no, not super close. Because I know heat. Yeah, you know, a bunch of there's a bunch of factors that. I don't care about. I just needed it fixed. So, and we had our heli event this weekend. So my dad was leaving Wednesday for that. And we came back Sunday. So we were like, shit, we need to fix this. So we welded it all back together. we it at shield. We bent it back in place because it didn't completely shear it off. It was nearly, but not completely. Um, and then we decided to do some more reinforcement. So we took more three sixteenths inch plate and welded it to the side so if it shears that yeah you know whatever but we got it all fixed we got it packed up my dad drove down to Southampton New Jersey which is where our fun fly was this weekend and he left without me again <laughs> so <laughs> I knew he was smart yeah <laughs>
1: You know, if you if you take your foot off the accelerator and and don't drive 95 miles an hour when you hit well, those bad I, I,
2: I, 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 no, 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 I don't want to hear this right now. No, I was doing you seventy. Know it's true. That's the I thing, was right? doing seventy with the trailer, which That's is a perfect speed because it's all hilly on 380, and I need the speed in order to get up the hill in the first oh my place. God.
1: You don't know hills, dude. Come on now, come on now. <laughs>
2: It's nothing but rolling hills Busting your balls, Darren! Busting your balls! Busting my balls, man! <laughs> Try climbing a butte. They're so blue right now. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this one play,
1: i was going to go, but I chickened out. and didn't go. Yeah, there. I know. Sorry. I know. Well, I knew you were going to be there, and I just didn't feel like cuddling. And I knew how upset you'd be. If I was I really looking off,
2: forward I, to the white van.
1: I know. And I no, didn't want to really... disappoint you. I didn't want to get a whole thing going. A big old, oh, your cops will get called. Then we'll have domestic disputes. And it's just,
2: it's a whole nightmare. It just wasn't worth it. Out. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I just
1: opted to stay home. Well, I don't white no. Van joke. I don't I think it's you. a white. Sorry. Wait,
0: didn't Dan just get a new white
2: trailer?
1: No, it's not white.
2: It's probably brown.
4: <laughs> Damn, <laughs> Daniel, get it again with the white van. <laughs> oh,
2: Jesus. That's so old, Scott. not
4: oh, white. It's, it's, it's off white. Oh. So There's it's like difference. sun bleached. We've been over this fucking eggshell. That's egg right. Let's <laughs> that's not, that's
1: not belabor be the point here, okay? Anyway, Devin, go ahead. Tell us about your fun fly. Was it fun?
2: so and did you play? Uh, I have a great story, and you guys, I'm getting to it because you all saw the video, and I'm pretty sure you all laughed at it pretty hard. So my dad went down Thursday, I got up Friday, well Thursday night I hooked up the light tower to the back of my other truck and I was like, all right, we'll get up and then, so I got up in the morning and I'm leaving the driveway, I'm like, I I didn't check, I just drove because I was I was kind of in a rush. And I'm leaving my driveway, I'm driving on the road, I'm like, wow, the trailer's shaking really awkwardly bad. I don't know why, but I have to go get diesel at quick check in town anyway. So I'll check it out when I get there. It's like half a mile up the road. So I pull up to a stop sign. There's a cop sitting at the stop sign just staring at me. And I'm like, all right, well, I hope there's nothing wrong that he notices. Didn't notice anything. I keep driving. Um, So I pull up to the quick check. There's a person behind me as I'm pulling in, honking the horn, absolutely screaming and pointing at me. I'm like, all right, well, obviously something's wrong, but I'm pulling in, so like, I'll figure it out. And I pull in, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, what's up? And I'm on the driver's side. I'm like, there's nothing wrong here. And then I get to the back of it, I'm like, huh, the trailer's oh, leaning uh. quite awkwardly to the passenger side. I wonder what's missing, and I go walk over there, and the tire is absolutely shredded to pieces. Shredded. Oh, Dang.
1: Devin, <laughs> yeah, you should stop towing shit.
2: right yeah absolutely shredded the cords are all hanging out and i'm like well i have to go back down the road i came to get to mavis and they're all like so what are you gonna do i don't have a spare tire i'm just gonna drive on the rim what's the worst that happens it's already fucked up anyway and um i get to mavis at like 720 and i'm like sick all right i'm here i it's whatever i can just call work tell them i'm gonna be late and get this fixed well mavis doesn't open till eight o'clock so I sit there till eight o'clock and they're like, so we'll do two new tires. They're like, I'm like, yep, sure. They're like, so we have two brands of tires. One's $160 and the other $80. I'm like, if you're reading my mind right now, you know which one I want. And they said 80 do- $80 it is. And I'm like, yep.
4: That's why your ship blows up and drags down the road.
1: Amen, it, brother. It ain't mine. Oh, <laughs> well, you're towing it. Yeah.
2: It's okay. The okay, truck, man. the truck hey. outweighs it threefold. It's okay. You do you, man. Yeah, I do you me. Do so I put the eighty dollars tires on it. Ended cool. up being three hundred dollars anyway. So I put the. I, I tell them just put two. Is that New Jersey
3: tires.
1: math. How does eighty and eighty? Well, because
4: I had to pay for labor too. Oh,
3: okay.
2: Yeah, that All that's right. what they got me for labor.
4: So, what you're um, saying is if you bought the more expensive tires, the ratio of money wasted on labor versus product in your pocket would have been leaning more in your favor if you spent more on the tires.
1: Oh, uh, he, he, you know what, Scott? He did not understand a word you just said.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I under, <laughs> for tires? I understood. What? I understood. It's more of the caring factor that was kicking in. I just didn't care. I was just like, just throw the cheap ones on it and I, Whatever, I give it back to the guy. He has new tires for it, whatever. And um, I'm sitting there, 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 I'm looking at the clock. Oh, dude, are you trying
1: to get us in trouble? (laughs) What? With the guy that's always trying to constantly correct your grammar? Sitting there, (laughs) sitting there. You know we're getting an email. You know that, right?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, well, I don't care.
1: I don't either. But I'm just. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't think. I don't <laughs> think anyone cares. Well, he
1: does. Well, evidently, right, Evan?
2: Yeah, sure. sure. You know, it's because I'm a millennial. You know, even though that would be incorrect too. But besides the point. Wait, what um, are you? Gen Z. Is that well, better? Gen a, R. I miss millennial by a year. I'm the next generation.
4: Are you? You're a Zoomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a little bitch. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Stuff, Scott. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Well, okay. Go fuck yourself, Scott. Thank you. That uh, makes oh, me wait, feel better. Uh, Whose who's lights were these? Uh a friend. Okay. A friend still? of ours. Still a friend? Yeah, he's still a friend. Okay, I mean, he's still yeah. A
3: friend
2: right. It's yeah, he's still a friend. It just I the tire exploded. It's fine.
1: And you just kept driving on it, knowing it was exploded, and you just yeah. continued well, I mean, to drive.
2: I had to, I had to get a, I could get to the tire repair shop. Okay. Fair I enough. didn't have a spare. What uh-huh. other choice do I have? Was the rim a little bit smaller when I got there? Maybe, but it still <laughs> <Yeah>. worked.
3: <laughs> you left a little scrape so you I can gave you your driver's
1: license, Devin?
2: Oh, yeah. New Jersey will give a driver's license to anyone.
1: All right.
2: It's quite well, the job He doesn't
1: have Oh, where's my little sound effect for the little drum roll there that's a good one Ding.
2: <laughs> uh, I was waiting for it, uh, that's why I got quiet But whatever but I'll continue where I left off though I'm
1: Do remember, Please, really we don't very We're entertaining around.
2: entire story Okay, Appreciate so I think I get out at like 11 o'clock Uh, that the tires are changed. They said they were super busy. I said, I don't care, whatever. And um, I get out at 11 o'clock. I get in the car. I'm like looking at the time and I'm thinking to myself and I just start driving because work is in the general direction of where I need to go to get to the flying field as well. And I'm like driving, I'm driving, I'm driving. I'm like, well, I can go into work, but I'm going to leave at two anyway because that's when I get out. And I was like, well, fuck it. And I just called work and telling them I'm not, I can't make it in because it took so long to get the tires changed. So I ended up getting down to South Jersey there at like one o'clock Friday afternoon and absolutely surprised everyone because I usually don't get there till like five, which is fine, whatever. <laughs> and. Yep, disconnected the light tower, cursed it out a little bit, and you know, making me look bad, and uh, continued on with my day. <laughs> and
1: that was such a long story, dude.
2: Well, there's more, so oh now. my god,
1: there's more. Great, there's awesome. more. Damn. I stopped yes. to go through
2: Saturday, Sunday, and right. Monday. I'm I'm. The story
4: is about as deflating as your fucking tire. Hold my mm-hmm. beer. Watch this. All right. All right. <laughs> is this and one light. No, 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 no.
2: No, 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 no. We were drinking Mark's Mike's Hard this weekend. It was okay. Oh, sorry, Maybe sorry. Better. I'll get back on target. Yeah, me too. And um, so Saturday was a great day. We had a good amount of people there. Uh, the night flying was a little disappointing. Like they have at most events this year. <clears throat> Light tower. We do have... Well, mm, shut up. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and um because everyone seemed as soon as it was starting to get dark out on saturday they all were like all right i'm going home and i was like what it's saturday we I mean, night because i wasn't
1: there to drink with you Devin. yeah no. i'm sorry buddy i let like i could
2: have i brought all my booze did
1: you yeah next i didn't
2: time. open any of it next time next time. Yeah. next time and um so we only flew till like Maybe two o'clock in the morning. It was a super weak night. Little upsetting. But we made up for it in the fact that Sunday most everyone left and it was just a core group of us that were hanging out together. And we know we did more night flying on Sunday and we flew to like three, two or three again. Hmm, nice. And then went to bed, like watched like a little bit of a movie, chilled out, and Woke up and did more flying on Monday. Great. Dude, nice. Flying sport. Exactly. We left the field today at, I think, like 2.30. We were leaving. And driving home was great because I got my daily dose of flying in. I was like, this is great because right when we were getting in the car, so I was like, I was running out. I wasn't really feeling like flying anymore, so it's time to go home. Right. Perfect timing there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it was just a great weekend. It was blisteringly hot out, though. Like the temperature took a really weird turn this weekend and it went from being warm to like I am sunburnt like you can't believe. Mm, that sucks. Yeah. It was, it was hot. It was a hot
1: weekend over here, too. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, yeah. Pretty sunny.
2: Yeah, I got my my whole shoulders are burnt. You can see where I was wearing my sunglasses on my face because my around my eyes are like plaster white, and then everything the else is tan. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. Um, Swamp ass season, but it was a great weekend. We drove home. My trailer is not broken again. So New Jersey roads, God tier, um, and it was just awesome. I had a really good time. It was really good seeing everybody that did come out. And awesome weekend. Dan, we missed you. Are you done? (laughs) Hey, Dan.
3: You know, I'm just going to go fuck myself. Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) You crashed your trailer, sort of, because it broke. Did you crash any planes or helis? Or did you see any crazy jet crashes or heli crashes?
2: Um, I didn't technically crash any helis. I mean, I snapped a tail belt, if that
3: counts. We went over this before. If it doesn't, if it stops flying anymore, it's a crash.
2: Well, it, it landed on its skids. Oh, I see. So you saved it, Nice. Well, yeah, because the tail belt snapped and then it absolutely got wrapped around the tail. So I've never seen a tail go from full RPM to instantly stopped as fast as it did.
3: That'd just locked it right up,
2: huh? Oh, yeah. locked it right up. And yeah. And it was just doing the pirouetting thing and I landed and put a new tail belt on it and flew it some more. Nice.
1: Hey, let us know nice. when you two are done so we can go down with the news.
0: I'm glad you had a good weekend, Devin.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Thanks, I really Nick. don't
1: care, Devin, if you did or not. I wasn't there.
2: Yeah, you weren't involved. That's why you're upset.
1: No, I'm better about it.
2: Yeah. We know. All right. You will be next time.
1: Next time. Next All right. Time. Maybe some news? Time for some news? Sure. Time
3: for the news. The news. The news. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: let's do some news in person with other people now for the first time in a while. Uh, Yeah. All right, we're going to start with some dates for Worlds, Urchin, Nats, which have been a little hard to put a finger on, honestly, due to lack of publicity, uh, some decision making going on. But uh, I think what I have now is a pretty damn close or reasonable set of dates for everything here. So dates for the FAI Worlds are now official. Uh, rumor Mill says the Worlds are officially on. I have not heard if they've raised 100% of the funds needed. But uh, it sounds like they're close enough to move forwards anyway. Still awaiting on uh, confirmation on that. But what is official are the dates. So, AMA Nats competition will take place ahead of Worlds on July 28th through July 31st, according to the AMA website. Then FAI Worlds will take place on August 4th through the 10th. Opening ceremonies on the 5th and closing ceremonies on the 9th. So, really, it's 5th through 9th. And then after that, the Urcha Jamboree will follow on August 9th through the 13th. By the way, Urcha, if you're listening, update your website. Dudes, come on. Like seriously, the Urcha website, although it does have the dates for the Jamboree on the front page, if you click on the calendar section, none of the dates for any of this stuff are in there. If you click on the events page, it only lists 2022 Urcha stuff. So we get on that, boys, will you? And I got to say, like I had to work... Not hard, but I had to dig around to find these dates, uh, which to me just says there's been a big lack of promotion and poor communication about them. So I'd love to see more publicity for these things uh, and you know, get more people and more spectators and all that out there. So spread the word. Yeah. What is kind of hard is, you know, I was talking to, to a friend of mine that plans on competing at Nats and is also helping out at Worlds. And if you're involved in Nats and... You're involved in Worlds and you're involved in Urcha. That's like you need three weeks off and you're just living in Muncie for three weeks. So I think that's going to be hard. I think some folks are going to have to make some tough choices and maybe pick two out of the three they can attend. Uh, Because hitting all three is near impossible.
4: Everybody who lives there now is deeply offended because you're like, you can't live there for three weeks. (laughs) Everyone's like, bro, I live here 365 days of the year. What's wrong with it? You know what I'm talking about. You can't leave your job for three weeks
3: vacation.
0: <laughs> all right so last week this would have been big news this week it's good news we're going to talk about it in case you've been living under a rock and missed it but in cheery super fantastic news sab has announced a summer sale running for the entire month of june so all of the sab helicopter kits have been discounted anywhere from 10 to 30 percent depending on the model so of Note here is that the original raw kits, meaning the yellow ones, the raw KSE, the Kraken S, the Genesis, and the Maverick are all 30% off, which is insane, right? Like that kind of discount just doesn't happen
2: uh, very often. So I'm sure SAP
0: must be making some space on the shelves for some new toys.
2: Yeah. Have you noticed that a lot of like a quarter of the helis that are on sale are all backordered as well? I have not. But Uh, I do know, I
0: did see uh, Bert mention that there is a shipment already in progress on its way to the U.S. uh, that I believe, you know, he already knows the quantity of. So I suspect that might have something to do with it, that they're just waiting on the kits to arrive. So they made them available for back order so that they can then fill those orders.
2: Yeah, that's probably what happened. I just noticed because a a friend of mine went to buy one and he noticed it was asking for back order and not just ready shipment. And he was confused.
0: Yeah. And again, that's one of those times you make that choice. Like, do I want a back order or am I that kind of person that needs it to be in stock? Uh, If you're going to bitch and moan and get on the Internet, then you're that person who needs it to be in stock. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, so, I mean, I have to guess that SAB must be making some space on the shelves for some new toys in order to offer a sale like this. Honestly, you don't really see discounts more than 20% ever really on most helicopters unless they're like on clearance the end of their life or whatever. Uh, outside of maybe Black Friday, but that's very rare. So, you know, if you're interested in one of these kits, if you want to pick up some spares to back up some of your SAB kits uh, in terms of a spare kit, uh, now is a fantastic time to do so. I think, uh, you know, you won't see a sale like this anytime soon. So, uh, Yeah, if you finally sign it, you better get them, dude. Yeah, and I know there were also a bunch of other sales over the Memorial Day weekend. Any of you guys buy anything on sale over the weekend? Nothing really caught my eye.
4: Yeah.
3: Groceries, yeah, yeah. Gro- <laughs> groceries and my light bill.
2: Yeah, I, I bought that. Yeah. <laughs> a I mean, trailer. I bought diesel, but the price went up because it's a holiday helicopters. week. Helicopters, oh helicopter God. podcast, oh, helicopters. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Oh my! Oh shit.
0: By the way, uh, you might see some retailers around the world not quite offer the full thirty percent discount. By the way, they might do 25, twenty five, twenty eight. Uh, and really, what that has to do with is that when you spend a certain amount and you get free shipping. At this point, the dealers are starting to, to you know, they have zero margin, basically. And they're actually losing money to ship a kit that deeply discounted. So if you see someone that doesn't quite go the full 30% off, that's just a, you know, it's just a math thing. Don't uh, don't beat them up if you see that. But, uh, uh, you know, it's a big sale. Go ahead and check it out. All right. This one is for all of you and everyone else out there. So to show him an equal opportunity ball buster, uh, Helidirect Direct, at the start of this sale, sent out an email And social media campaign across all platforms last week before Memorial Day announcing their big supper sale. Uh, So the typo went out across all media (laughs) platforms. Instead of super sale, it was a supper sale. So I guess they mean if you're hungry for helicopters, you should go ahead and check out the sale. Um, I've done my best to make sure the individual responsible has been fired immediately. And (laughs) uh, I expect them to land a new job at a line anytime now. (laughs)
3: uh <laughs> oh, all, right, all right. your dreams <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> uh, seen online this week in other news uh andy bennett had jim boss in the uk Devon's buddy uh weld an extension onto his tron 700 tail boom such that he could run 760 millimeter blades on it so it's like he used an SAB maverick tail belt no word on how it flew but just, I don't know, bonus points for a crazy idea, finding someone to do it for you, and just welding an extension on your tail boom. What, what could possibly go wrong? So He says it's good. Wild. Okay, a couple quick updates uh, here, really just one. A line release, their new 380 size bird, the TB40, is going to have a tailbell drive. No big surprise there. So, uh, And then mm. on Spirit Front, so I went combing through the Spirit Forum on Freak where one of the developers of the new Spirit Wave radio and ecosystem have been hanging out and learned a few cool new details about this radio system. So in no particular order, number one, it's expected to have a range of four kilometers, which should be plenty. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Number two, there are new FBLs that will be available at the same time the radio is released. So new FBLs coming out as part of the Spirit ecosystem. Uh, and if you haven't heard about the Spirit Wave, when I say ecosystem, I mean it works a lot like the Mikado V Control does with its own FBL. So, full integration between the radio and the fly unit. You can adjust everything from the radio. Uh, they're expecting ESCs uh, all to be fully integrated and programmable from the radio as well. Uh, so, it's a whole other ecosystem for us to choose from. Uh, Number three here, they talked about offering sticker sets for the radio to change its color, as well as possibly allowing people to order custom sticker sets. Uh, The plastic version of the radio will be available in different colors down the road. And number four, uh, this was interesting to me, they don't plan to, at least initially, release a multi-protocol module. And honestly, I liked their reasoning for this. They plan to focus on their own receivers at FBLs, as they can fully control the entire ecosystem. Uh, in their words, you know, or paraphrase their words, you know, once you open yourself up to other protocols, there's a lack of control there. And I get that. That makes sense to me, right? Like, there's great it's radios like, that have like multi protocols. Huh? It's just like Mikado.
4: Yeah. Yeah. same. That's awesome. Okay.
0: Yeah. I get it. They want it all to work and they want to be responsible for it all to work. Uh, so they'd rather own it all than put in another protocol where they kind of lose control at that point. No pun intended. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Number five. This one I really like. The ecosystem will be open in such a way that developers can write apps specifically for the radio, which would be available in a spirit app store. This is the way. So unlike some of the older, more stubborn radio manufacturers that would gasp at the thought, I'm looking at you, Futaba. Uh, I love that there's, you know, an open system and they're going to allow other people to develop apps for the radio uh, that can do cool things. So. I think that's awesome. Uh, and then lastly, I just want to say, I think it's awesome when we see manufacturers and developers directly interacting with users in open forums, whether it's Facebook or Helifreak or coming on the podcast, whatever that is. Uh, I love to see it. So good on you, Spirit. Uh, I have re- reached out a couple of different ways to some of the folks at Spirit to try and get them on the podcast. So uh, I'll be sure and update you all here if uh, I manage to get one of them on. Hope so. Moving that's on. That's Oh, Spirit. Was that really worth killing a kitten? Yeah. Okay. Mikado news. So word is that Mikado has started manufacturing the second batch of V-Control Evo transmitters. New transmitter inventory is expected to ship to the United States around the time you're listening to this episode. Of course, there's that lovely stop in customs it has to take on the way. So plan on those being available in roughly one to three weeks, depending on the speed they get through customs. That's my ballpark. All Mikados have said is that they're expected to leave Germany around the time you're listening to this episode. And then this latest shipment is expected to contain some more regular Neos, but no new Neo Evos. Those are expected to be available in about another month from now. So, Scott, you got another month to wait. Duh. Okay. What about those of you that already have a Neo Evo? There's some news there, too. Honestly, it's less news and more just observing some discussion seen around the internet about the flybarless as users dig into them in both the US, Europe, and elsewhere. So it seems as if some people are finding the Evo to be very susceptible to vibrations. In practice, what this seems to cause is some unexpected tail performance. Some folks have seen the tail whip around 180 degrees or otherwise react in an unpredictable way, oscillating back and forth or randomly going to different degrees. If this happens to you, Land as soon as you can in as slow and smooth a manner as possible. You need to auto-rotate down, then go ahead and do so. So from what I've read around the web, and this is not official, although some of it has come from some folks at uh, Mikado Circles, the best practices to avoid this are to use the thicker FBL tape that Mikado has started shipping with the Evos. And I would highly recommend, and this is a personal preference, using the Doug Darby Metal case as well. I've always found Neo's... Uh, to perform better in a heavier case that grabs the board a little better than the plastic one. And the Evo having a chip that's even more sensitive to vibrations makes this all the more important as far as I'm concerned. That's not Mikado speaking, that's me. Mikado is actively working on an update to help rectify some of the sensitivity and says they've seen some promising results, but on too small a test sample. So They're continuing to work on it. By the way, there is a great thread on the v forum where you can read Uli interacting with a couple of pilots and discussing this issue. Speaking of Uli, what's interesting is he says if a Neo is flying fine on a helicopter, then the Evo will as well. Meaning if you swap to the newer FBL, you won't have any issues. But I've seen at least two folks yeah. test this out on Nitros and find the opposite to be true. Exactly, yeah. That they've had models that flew great on the regular Neo and then they don't fly well on the Evo at all. That, you know, the Evo was too sensitive. It had erratic behavior, uh, et cetera. So it sounds sounds like,
1: like
0: well, that could be a part of it too. So it sounds like the the root of this issue is that much of the initial testing was done on Mikado helicopters, which with plastic frames often absorb a lot of vibrations It's part of why they fly so well. now that the FBL is out in the world across many brands of helicopters, new issues are being discovered as their test base gets a lot, lot larger. So what I personally hope to not see is everyone freaking out and starting online bullshit about how it was released too soon or whatever. The fact is, we're a small hobby, and any new product that gets released is going to have some growing pains. We just don't have the R&D budgets of products with higher sales volumes. So I do think it's all going to work out. I think Mikado is paying close attention to this issue, and that the Evo will continue to get better with time. So my personal recommendation, I'm going to say this again, personal recommendation, is to start with an electric model as your first with the Evo before you move into a nitro or a gasser with a higher level of vibrations. That said, there's plenty of folks flying them successfully in nitros and gassers. Doug Darby and Alex Dean did a bunch of testing on his metal case with no issues in models with high vibrations, nitros, gassers, etc. Just be cautious. Pay attention to the vibration meters and the tail. Build confidence as you go. You know, Don't start your maiden with a pure flip in the first 10 seconds. Scott, I'm looking at you. Uh, Or you're asking for trouble. So essentially, think of yourself as an early adopter of this fly bar list, and we should be prepared to help make the product better. At least that's how I feel about it. That said, though, I get that there's some folks that have suffered some crashes from this erratic behavior. I understand that they're upset and they have a definite right to be so. So I get it. But what do you guys think? Like, what's the right thing for Mikado to do here? You know, it's obviously not widespread. It's happening to a small percentage of people with Evos from what I can tell. What have you guys heard?
1: Well, I've heard that that as well it's like there's there are machines that um, <clears throat> are reported and again reported to have been flying great and with the new with the new fly bar list they're they're flying erratically now what I don't know man it's it's like it's like anything else um, when you buy something new there's a chance you know wait, wait till all the bugs are worked out before you buy it if you're concerned about it um, yeah Hmm, yeah because it'll it'll get better they'll fix it they always do right um but will they it kind of sounds like they're coping to, or copying to uh, a bit of an issue if they're talking about resolving it uh update to rectify this is uh as uh, to paraphrase what you said Nick I don't know where I read this and maybe it was a discussion that we had kind of uh, personally between the three or four of us but um <clears throat> is it are they actually acknowledging there's an issue? Or are they saying, well, other helicopters are shit, so of course they're flying like shit? Well,
0: right. so if, if you read the Vistabi forum discussion, which is the best one I've seen, and the only place anyone from Mikado has sort of commented publicly on the record about it, there's definitely some of that classic German engineer. And if you've ever worked with German engineers, you'll understand what I'm talking about, uh, type of behavior, which is to say, there's a little bit of that, well... The problem is that these other helicopters have too much vibration in them. The problem is not the fly barless, but they're also acknowledging that we understand a lot of our, you know, people want to use our fly units in these helicopters and we want to help with that. So sure. are they yeah. blaming it on the other helicopter? Yeah. Um, not necessarily <laughs> like wholeheartedly and with, you know, like it's their fault, but in a subtle right. way, yes.
3: So I don't know. Like, here's what I think it, in my mind. And keep in mind I'm like only partially like paying attention to this more or less as an outside spectator. You know, I'm not in the, that ecosystem. I, I just, I can't buy it yet. Right. But the point is when I hear things like this, it seems my first thought that I had was like back in the drone world, there was this, um, there was this moment in the evolution where, and it was related to the gyros. Um, uh, and, Because the boards got more capable of compute power, we could put better gyros on them. But as a side effect, just in general, it didn't really matter who was making the board. They were just generally more susceptible to vibrations because the gyro was more sensitive, right? And so in that world, the resolve for that was for everybody to agree on a particular standard. And in that case, they all did the various types of little rubber O-rings or boots in the corners, right? Um, To help with that kind of a thing. Um, and you know, in the heli world, we, we kind of use different kinds of tapes and this and that, if it's not like a physical problem on the PCB under vibration, something is coming loose and glitching out or something like that, then if it's not that, then just adjusting the dampening for the software guys, they could put an update with maybe a different notch filter. Um, maybe that's a little bit not as narrow. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know how much of a sacrifice that would be to the control al- algorithm to widen up some of those filters and cut out some more of the signal. Um, and uh, you wouldn't want to have to like debilitate the machine because the gyro is more, more sensitive. Right. So maybe the deal is you just need to adjust the way it, they mounted in the case. So it's dampened a little bit more um, so that some of that is just masked, you know, like we used to do in the old days, you know, I don't know. That's my two cents.
0: Yeah, we'll see where they go. You know, I think I think they're working on a software fix at this point. You know, they're definitely recommending using the thicker tape that they recommend, which you know is providing the dampening at that point. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt them, and I, I think there are going to be people pissed off. There's always, dude. There's always always. If anybody's got a group of haters out there, it's Mikado, right? For for many many reasons, whether it be price or or whatever. But the simple matter of fact is, they're the best at what they do. I mean, objectively speaking, I think, and I think they're gonna they're gonna fix the issue. And yeah, if you don't want to be, I still have my tu- uh, my original, my legacy. I thought about joining that bandwagon, and I probably will, but I'm gonna give it a, a bit. I'll let some of these these uh, little bugs get worked out, then I'll then I'll jump on board.
0: Yeah, and I, you know they've already released I think two updates for the Neo Evo. Along the way. So, you know, they're very quickly staying on top of it and trying to ensure a successful release. So,
1: they'll get it. Yeah.
0: But, you know, that said, I'm not going to rush to put one on my scale helicopter or my Nitro. Exactly. You
1: know,
0: I'll, I'll, I have two. I'll put one in the RAW to play with and then I'll wait and and see what happens. Moving on from there. So, in event news this week, uh, David Pettit, who is the president of the Cascade Model Helicopter Club, reached out to us. How to share that the recent fun fly at the Snohomish field was actually the replacement for the early season Othello, Othello fun fly, and that the actual Snohomish fun fly is going to be August twenty fourth through the twenty seventh of this year. Definitely a do not miss event if you're uh, in the Pacific Northwest. So go ahead and check yeah, that out. My
1: uh, my PWN peeps, uh, let me know in force because <laughs> I mentioned. <laughs> I, look, I didn't know. I just thought maybe they changed the dates to earlier in the year. I didn't know, but no, I. Yeah, that message was received loud and clear uh, by many, many folks in the
0: Northwest. They felt <laughs> well, like I, I appreciate betrayed. David sending us a nice note about it. So i yes, happy to share that He was very,
1: very polite. Okay.
0: Lastly, I'm going to close with just uh, a little brief rant here, if you'll allow me.
1: So I've
0: seen some posts online recently with folks upset that the pre-orders for the OMP M4 from at least three U.S. and Canadian retailers have not been filled yet, even though the model's been out for some time. I've also seen Jonas Wackerhauser, an OMP team pilot, and the M4 designer criticize these retailers on Helifreak and imply that they are not reputable dealers. So I reached out to U.S. retailers to find out what was going on. So it turns out that omp themselves and buddy rc is the u.s distributor control where the inventory goes and which dealers get it first so omp has sent the bulk of the inventory to buddy rc in the u.s and has shorted the pre-orders of other u.s and canadian retailers now whether that's omp or buddy rc who makes those decisions i don't know but if you're angry about this i'd suggest talking to omp hobby and buddy rc directly as always politely reaching out to your favorite retailer and requesting a refund is always allowed if the waiting gets to be too much. Just keep in mind, the situation is entirely out of the control of these retailers, despite what falsehoods that Jonas may be spreading. Honestly, he should know better. But after his repeated negative posts about some retailers and brands, I've had it and I'm calling his ass out. Cut the crap, dude. Like I was planning on ordering an M4 to throw around, but I'm not interested anymore. You've lost a customer. Uh, Your attitude and the way you're carrying yourself online is just unpalatable to me. Uh, and I think it's injured the brand personally. So I'm going to choose to focus my hobby funds on the brands and individuals that promote the hobby, not criticize it, and spread bullshit hobby drama. Life's too short for that crap. With that, my rant's over, and that's it for the news this week. Dropping
1: bombs there. I know, right, Scott? you still on the news, right? I know. Jesus. Jesus. Scott up. goes to take a shit, and he's <laughs> fully thinking that maybe by the time he gets back, <laughs> we'll be onto to the topic at hand. Not the case, dude. Sorry to bring that to No, oh, sir. So anyway, this week, guys, we're going to talk about work, life, hobby, balance. It does not exist. Have a good week. We will talk to you next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: It's, no, solid show. it's a myth. Topic define. It's yeah. a myth. You think it's There's a myth? There's no such yeah. thing. It's, uh, sometimes it feels like, um, stealing away moments here and there, like behind life, you know? And I don't like it when it feels like that, but it doesn't always feel like that for me, you know? There are some times where, um, everybody in the household is, uh, just, Like, um, like Nick had mentioned, sometimes his wife will encourage him, go fly. You know, sometimes in my household, I'll get that vibe, you know, that vibration will come off my kids and they'll, they'll get it when I'm like, I'm going to go fly and it's an enthusiastic or whatever. But, you know, sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes there's other things, you know, and there was a time in, uh, like my past life with Helly's where, um. This is when my kids were like super young. Probably, I think Simon maybe was, uh, God, probably six, maybe seven. And then Marissa would have been like four or five, right? Um, uh, so they were pretty young. And, but there were times where I would find myself in my little heli dungeon in the front porch, and I'd have a gate guard in between so the animals wouldn't come in and fuck with my bench or, the little kids wouldn't come in and grab something and try to eat it or whatever. I don't know. Um, But back then there were times where I would sit in that room and be working on my helis or trying to make a video for the YouTube channel way back when. Um, This is before I started the podcast, even uh, when Dan, me and Dan started read 2 But, um, and thinking back to that time, there were moments where, you'd look over and you could see the kids who are clearly bored and there was plenty of opportunity for me to just be the dad and stimulate and just move on and have family time. But I wasn't doing that. I was stealing away all that time uh, and try to obsess about this cool, fun thing that I found, you know? And, you know, I think it, that thing is kind of an extreme example that I'm giving, you know, but I think, All of us at, you know, every now and then might have that, those little moments. Maybe you get that new package that comes in the mail and you just got to go look at it first and your kids are like, well, come blah, 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 or your wife needs you to do something. You're like, no, I just got to check this out really quick. Um, But it doesn't happen all the time. But I think the trick here is to just minimize the amount of times that that happens in, for me, in my universe, you know, um, while still being able to appreciate that mental reset that I get, you know, the the whole hand-eye thing, the just being nerdy, the um, the the science of it, and it's just the feeling of flying the heli, you know, just all the parts that we love of the hobby to make sure I don't starve myself of that um, without making a huge dent and the other stuff, you know. um, You know, I've got teenage children, and so they can be wishy-washy, you know what I mean? And um, they sometimes they kind of express this interest in the fact that I do a podcast or that I I have this rack full of helis on the wall now and all these parts and these cool gadgets. My son, when he was a little bit younger, he was really into the drones with me for a little while. But, you know, uh, their rivers of life meander quite a bit more than mine do now at my older age. So I had to learn how to not take it personal if they don't give a shit that dad wants to play with his helis. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, we, we make this comment every now and then, you know, I've heard pros say it on here when we interview them and stuff like that, and they kind of bring it back down to earth and like, yeah, well in the end it's just, we're playing with toys. You know what I mean? And sometimes I have to keep that perspective because, um, if I don't, I, I'll find myself, you know, just stealing away too much of that time that I should be doing out. I mean, I'm a single guy, right. And I own a house. And so I got to do all that stuff. My son's older now and I can get him to do some of that work, you know, but he's building his own world, right? Uh, So there's a lot of stuff that I have to juggle around on my plate. Plus, you know, I work here at home and, you know, I don't know, some of the listeners probably know that, you know, when we're done recording, I basically hang up and then switch gears and go to work downstairs in my office, you know, Um, but so I don't know. That's kind of just a, a brain dump that I have on like, the hobby uh, versus life balance, you know, and I think that's, it doesn't necessarily have to be about the quantity of one versus the other, you know, in minutes or hours, rather the quality, you know, of the time that you have in it when you're doing it. And if you have a week where, or a couple of weeks where it's none, or maybe just a teeny bit of the hobby, then that's okay, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, if you, if you've got, yourself into a situation fair warning you know young parents or even just anybody that's just getting into the hobby that maybe just has a little bit of an uh you know I was I've, I've got a kind of a obsessive personality I used to you know when I was younger you don't ever want to get into a situation where it's so out of balance that you're looking three feet over the gate guard at your children being bored and you would rather <laughs> and play with your helicopters instead you know it's just yeah. You know, in the moment, I just didn't realize it, and I was young and dumb, and but now I do, and it feels way better on this side of it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. That's that's yeah. Me.
1: For me, it was um, the changes that have happened uh, back when I was doing the hobby, the before I exited the hobby for a number of years. Mm-hmm. It was all. I, it was really the only thing other than work um, that I had to deal with, and it and it was like all consuming for the most part. I kind of, I think about it now a little bit differently. It's like, uh, as a strange analogy, I, I don't know why this popped in my head, but let's run with it and see if it makes sense. But you've seen like, or heard of these weird contests where groups of people would have to like, keep your hand on a car and the first person or the last person wins the car. Right. And this could take a day or two or three or however long it takes. Yeah. Yeah. And the hobby, you could, it's kind of like, you, you know, there are times when you could just be whole, you could be 100% into this, into this contest and you're literally laying on the car with everything you have. But there's other times where you're just, you're kind of off. You're just touching it with the tip of your finger. Right. And you're, you're maintaining your mm-hmm. connection with the hobby, but it's just enough. Right. My question, I guess for you guys would be. When or if you get like that, what do you do to make sure that your connection with the hobby uh, is strong enough to to kind of keep, cause you know, we all kind of go through phases, I guess, where you're not, for whatever reason. I think Scott kind of recently went through one just in the, over the last few uh, months, maybe, and he kind of got into the cars a little bit, but yet maintained his, you know, his touch on the hobby, as it were, based on that analogy. I, I guess, what do you guys do to, to maintain question. that touch?
4: I got a question directly based on what you said. So uh-huh. you said, what do you do to make sure you maintain that touch? That you almost like it's a job responsibility or a life requirement that you stay in touch with helicopters. Now, don't get me wrong. I love helicopters. I've been doing them for years. Uh, obviously, I've had my ebbs and flows with things, my ups and downs, but you don't have to do it if it's not making you happy and you're not enjoying it, you're doing no, I something that. wrong. Yeah, the whole point of it is, is to give yourself something to do, something to kind of entertain yourself, fixate on and enjoy. But if it crosses that line and it goes from being, this is something I'm doing to enjoy myself and pass time in my life to this is a job, I'm getting emotionally impacted, I may be getting upset or aggravated. Maybe you're so deep into sponsorships and brand support that, you know, you see other advertisements from competitors and stuff gets y'all worked up and you get mad and people brand bash and it gets you all frustrated. Like you got to pump brakes. It's Mm, not a job. You don't die if people don't sell this stuff or if people don't buy a certain brand. It's supposed to be fun.
1: It is supposed to be fun.
4: Yeah.
3: Just toys, right?
1: You know, and I guess that's just it. It's like you kind of get to these, you know, these phases and I know I go through them. Um, where you do feel like you're kind of falling out of touch with the hobby. And I, I don't necessarily mean that as in forcing yourself, but, um, what I liked, you know, what I like, you know, the podcast for one is, is something that helps me remain in contact. Right. Yeah. Um, especially going through what I've gone through in the last several months. It's, um, and kind of working my way out of that, but you know, I I think what I'm trying to say is I I, I kind of wonder, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I kind of think that sometimes people are a little too hard on themselves, right? So they, uh, you know, they've invested or they've spent money on, you know, and some of us, you could spend a lot of money on RC helicopters, no question, right? Uh, and so you do, you know, this. Do you get? Kind of wrapped up in the fact that you have spent money on the, on on this hobby, and and well, you know, I've invested this money in the hobby, so I'll be goddamn, I'm going to do this hobby, right? You know what I mean? It's like uh, mm, yeah. forcing yourself. And look, look I, I've never been one to, tr- to try to force myself, but and I can tell you this: if if I do get that way, when I get that way, I don't typically enjoy myself when I go to fly, uh, because yeah, if I don't feel it, if I don't Feel like i want to fly i will say this though nine times out of ten if i do force myself and once i get to flying things change and and the fun factor comes i start to remember right i start to remember the fun factor and it's not so much of a
3: yeah uh, it's like, so long
1: it doesn't feel like such a forceful act at that point but it's just interesting how people deal with it um some, some guys just pack it all in and sell it all or put it all in uh, let it get dusty and don't do anything for quite some time but that whole balance thing you know I think for me it's been it's been I don't know you guys that have kids don't get I just I just don't understand how you can even fathom to, to balance it right with kids <laughs> I just don't I don't it's I just, just feel nice so overwhelming room. to me right
4: yeah it's different I mean like I went from being like kind of you were where you're gung-ho, 100% in it. It is your life, period. And I had no kids. My wife worked from home. I worked. So, like, I spent a shit ton of money on the hobby. I just dove right back in. I had had, I don't know, like an eight-year stint where I didn't fly because, um, you know, I, I moved out, got into cars, chased girls, all that shit that you do when you get, you know, college age. Got married, and then I was like, I want to fly again. And that's dangerous because I'm like getting back interested in something I used to love. Now I've got adult money instead of kid money. (laughs) So we go off the deep end, and uh, I go gung ho. And it was absolutely my life, but it impacted me so negatively emotionally when things happened. Like I said, you know, you start to like really uh, support a brand, and let's let's say like X Nova. You're trying to like promote Xnova. You think it's great. It's, you know, you swear by it. And then you see like Ego Drift come in. And when they came in, they hit so hard with the marketing. Like, dude, they were everywhere. They had shirts, they had hats, they had banners. They were picking up people left and right. And I couldn't help to feel this like overwhelming guilt that I wasn't being a good enough team pilot or sponsor, whatever sponsor pilot in order to promote their brand. Because like, what have I done for them lately? You know what I mean? So then I'd feel all this pressure to like try and make a video or make a certain amount of posts or I got to fly a certain way in order to impress people or whatever. Yeah, And Mm, it just mounted. And I like set my own self value based on my reputation in the hobby too, which was a terrible thing to do. You let other people dictate your own happiness to that extent. So like if anybody was ever upset at me or something went slightly wrong, Dude, it w- it sent me into a tailspin. Sometimes, like it was really, really bad. Right. And then, like it got probably at its worst when that that guy Jack, um, Jack Pierce, I think it was. Um, he's no longer with us. Rest in peace. But, um, he was he had it out for me. He threatened me, threatened my family and stuff, and swore all up and down that everyone in North Carolina was a piece of trash, just because like he was mentally not stable. And I guess some. St- some stuff happened. He got really pissed off at all of us because we didn't help him on his schedule at his time exactly the way he thought would, you know, it should happen. Um, so he trashed us online, and dude, that got to me so bad. That was like the start of the decline. Um, and then, then I had my kid. It got even worse because I had no time. Um, you know, where you're so used to like, oh, like new kit arrives, let me throw it on the bench and start working on it. That mm-hmm. time's gone, gone, gone. The extra gone. (laughs) Yeah. So it turns into like, let's stay up and do this and that. And you don't freaking sleep when you have a new kid too. So like, I just wasn't sleeping, trying to get shit done. Couldn't build, couldn't make anything happen. And I just broke down. It was the end of the end of it for a little while. I thought I was out,
1: out. Well, I I got to tell you, Scott, you bring up some points that I have never even considered. And I'd like to touch on them, but I want to say one thing because we, I'd like to hear from, from Nick and Devin. Uh, initially, but one thing I will say is I have never considered, and it's, I think it's a, uh, it's kind of a sign of today's hobby where everybody is involved with the manufacturer at some level, everybody is right. So that extra pressure, I don't think it was that way years ago, right? Because not everybody was, everybody was just a just a regular hobbyist right back, back 10 years ago or whatever. Right. Yeah, uh, right not everybody was involved with the manufacturer at some sort of representation level right yeah i never even considered all that extra pressure that's crazy yeah it's not good yeah uh
4: oh yeah so yeah kid no time to do anything um fell out with it a little bit i thought i was gone gone not coming back but obviously i've been flying helis my whole life absolutely loved it so i had to bring it in but in like a a more balanced, sane way, I guess. I have more healthier uh, obsession with it. So kind of step back in, and I've been a little bit cautious, kind of in and out, in and out, coming back in. Um, And I, I truly treat it like I said earlier, like this isn't a job responsibility. I don't care if I'm sponsored or not. Like, yeah, it's nice, but I'll tell you what, if something came right down to it and I had to leave the team or get kicked off the team, okay, it's been fun. Um, but I'm not, I'm not letting anything screw with my own happiness anymore or detract from time with my family. Like that is like Rob said, the most important thing. And and if you don't see it early on, you miss it. Those days are gone. You'll never get them back. 20 years from now, I can probably go buy another helicopter. No big deal. I'm not going to have my kid at this age 20 years from now. That's for sure. Yep. And I can't fix a marriage that I screwed up by neglecting my wife sort of thing with helicopters. It never got that bad, but I was certainly on that road if I didn't check myself, like I can see it being a problem just because all the responsibilities stacking up with, with work and life and the kid and, and everything the wife was trying to manage. And luckily I, I kind of stepped away from Helly's a little bit and stepped back into being the dad I should be at just the right moment when she really needed me. I, I think for sure, wholeheartedly, if I didn't do that at that point in time, I think things would be a little bit different. Then um, I'm just glad I didn't have to find out the hard way.
3: Yeah. Deep, dude. Deep. Deep. Yeah. Deep thoughts. <laughs> but what about just, you, Devin? Do you balance okay. the helis with
2: jets? Jets? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, i mean, what, don't
1: give a fuck he's still young and,
2: what balance do i have to worry about i have to go to work school, every work day and i'm
1: flying yeah, he's, got to he's worry gotta about. worry
4: about the balance of his fucking trailer on a jack stand uh, yeah the only balance <laughs> devin
0: has to worry about is he's got all the time in the world to fly but no balance in his checking account to buy all the toys oh yeah um, that's right. I don't, um, well, no i'm well, not saying that about devin but just when you're younger Right. You don't have as much disposable income as when you get a little older and your salary increases, etc.
2: Yep. Salary, what's that? Well, One it's day. something
1: you could buy an iron with to uh, iron your shirt. Ouch. Yeah.
3: Hmm. Yeah. We're, That's we're a trademark.
2: That. That's a trademark now.
3: I got, a that com-
2: I got that comment so much this weekend it wasn't even funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: It's getting old. Just it's accomplished.
2: Freaking Andrew Locke's Walks up to me and goes, "So you iron your shirt?" And I'm like, "Motherfucker! God damn
1: it!
3: <laughs> it's followed me. It's perfect because everybody thinks about your wrinkled KST That's right. Shirt. They do. I got a new shirt now.
1: You made sure it was not it was wrinkled up, right? Yeah, yeah. I
2: ju- Data? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no,
1: no, 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 no,
2: no, 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 that was a that was a low one. No, uh, no. manager. This is the fifteenth uh, anniversary of KST, so they did new new shirts with custom um, fifteen year lettering on it and everything like that. So
4: damn, nice. dude, you're the same age as KST.
3: Look at that. Oh no shit, right?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you were still pooping your pants when they founded that company. I'm. Uh, I mean, <laughs>
2: some say he was still
3: on the.
1: K S T. That's that's a bad dad joke. Yeah. Yeah, but it hurts. But but that. it hurts. It hurts me so. so it hurts. Devin, tell us about your work life balance, man. I Have you to, achieved it? I go to work. Yeah.
2: Monday through Friday. I go flying Saturday and Sunday.
1: Seems like you're pretty balanced. Yeah,
2: I yeah. Unless I don't go flying because I'm traveling. Because when do
1: you go to when do you go to dinner with your girlfriend? Uh, I mean your boyfriend. I mean your yeah your your significant other.
2: Well, me and Scott go out
4: (laughs) once a week.
3: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, when it's dark.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I refer to that as going in. (laughs) Going down. No 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 no. Oh no 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 (laughs) Jesus.
3: Ground alert. Wait, what's the topic?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Devin is kind of giving no, up. My, Basically, uh, what Devin's telling us work is he life flies and, he, and that's really all he does. I, I mean, flying. like,
2: I mean, I guess there are times I do have to do balance. Like when I'm in school, I don't do that much flying because school's important, or at least that's what I'm told. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I have, to fo- I have to focus on that. Yeah. or you know now i'm not in school i'm i'm it's the summer it's in between semesters so i travel like nick does so if i have to travel i don't do i don't do anything related to flying when i'm working i all my focus goes into work i you know i i work on
4: expensive machines that take my thought no. that need it so You got to travel with a helicopter, dude. I literally have thrown down with an Oxy 3 at a trade show, like on the trade show floor because it was quiet. And I'm like, fuck it, busting out the heli on like a setup day.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where's your dedication? Come on. I have a, I bring an Oxy 2. Could do that. There you go. I did did just buy a new suitcase, though. I definitely can fit a 700 in it. I mean, it's even better. Yeah. Yeah. But I so I do have to make a balance. Sometimes there are times you know I need to I just need to focus on what I'm doing, and there are other times where it doesn't make a shit of a difference. So yeah, I don't have a kid or wife to work worry about. So
3: yeah, enjoy it for sure. Yeah, use that extra time right now, and then you. It sounds like you already kind of can recognize where the where the line should be you know what i'm saying so later, when you do have more things on your plate you know yeah exactly
2: when i started like i wasn't i haven't been traveling the whole time the traveling really kicked in now that i'm coming on my my last two semesters my last semester of college and the the traveling for work is took me a little bit but you definitely you know you're working you you have to have a, a little Just think a little bit differently. And it's for the better. It makes your employer much happier if you're out there working rather than going, I wonder what all my heli boys are doing. Sounds legit. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I've learned. There's more to learn. I'm sure in the future I will have to learn a lot more. But for right now, it's not that complicated. It's
1: a good place to be lucky
4: truly yep
1: how about you nick tell us about your balance if you have achieved a balance i don't know
0: balance is hard i feel like balance implies you're in this like fantastic nirvana where everything's worked out but for me you know i have a few challenges number one i'm out you know away from home at least half the year if not a little bit more uh, with work travel where it's very difficult for me to fly so that's a factor and what that factor also does is when I'm only home half the year, it makes that time that much more important. So I have half as much time with my family as most other people do. Uh, so I have to make that time count both from a personal perspective where I want to go fly and I need to you know, find that relaxation time. But from also the perspective of my children where I need to be a good father And then a good husband where not only am I helping around the house and the yard and with the kids and going to sports and driving and carpool and all that stuff. But I just need to get done what everybody else gets done in a year and half the time. So I feel like what's been successful for me. And when I say successful, I mean, it keeps everybody happy, including me, but not necessarily. It doesn't get me to where I want to be in the hobby. Like I, I know that. My flying time is limited more than a lot of other folks. So I will never be the pilot that some people are unless something changes in life. Like I just can't get the number of flight hours in that is required, but I can enjoy the heck out of the hobby. Uh So to me, my hobby time is always a calculation, right? It's, it's about how can I find time for the hobby that doesn't impact my children or my wife or the household. So, What that means in practice is that, you know, I work from home when I am home. So I try and fly during the day when I can. Uh, Often that means trying to find somewhere close to fly and going at lunch and just getting, you know, three batteries in or something. Um, Because that's real low impact, right? The kids are at school. My wife works from home. She's in meetings. I leave for a few hours or I mean a couple hours and then I still have time to come back. And get chores done around the house and do all the afternoon kids sports activities and carpool stuff and dinner. Uh, And, you know, so do I fly a lot on weekends? You know, there are tons of weekends when I'm home and I'm watching all the messages go in the Atlanta heli chat about everyone having a ball out at Hilltop or wherever. And I just sigh because there's a soccer tournament and my daughter's got a birthday party to go to. And my wife's got some appointments because I'm home and she can then take off to go get, you know, nails done or go have dinner with her girlfriends or whatever. Um, But that's just my reality. I know that I'm going to fly midweek more than I'm going to fly on the weekend. Uh, So I've found friends in Atlanta, you know, that have non-traditional schedules as well, either because they're retired or because they're an airline pilot or whatever, uh, where we get to fly together. Uh, on a Wednesday. So I try and make these moments of fellowship where I can get, you know, three, four club members together happen during the week on a schedule that doesn't impact my family. So for me, all these decisions are made about like, how do I lessen the impact of the hobby on my family? Because like Scott mentioned, if I don't, and it does start to impact my family, it will negatively impact both my relationship with my children and with my wife, of course. So, and then what that also means is that I don't build helicopters during the day. Like my heli building time Starts at nine o'clock at night. So the kids go to bed at eight 30. They're usually asleep by nine. And then I go out to the workshop and after years of working crazy long hours, I know if I get six hours sleep, I'm good. So I get from nine to 11 PM midnight at worst case scenario, uh, to build. So I get two to three hours a night to build if I have the energy, if I don't want to go to sleep. So I keep all my building to the middle of the night so it doesn't impact anybody, uh, I get all my chores done during the day. You know, I work out all these compromises to, to try and keep that balance. And do I get to fly as much as I want to? No. Uh, but you know, my wife is also great about, you know, we offer trades, right? Like marriage is, is, is about compromises and trades. And, and what that means is if my wife wants to go on a week long trip with her girlfriend somewhere, I fully support that because I know it means when I want to go to a fun fly for four days, she'll support that in return. And we both do that for each other on a regular basis. And what's most important, and this is no secret to anybody uh, in all these things, is communication. You know, I've made it clear to my wife that the hobby is important to me. And she knows firsthand just from being around me that it's also beneficial to me. It's beneficial to my mental health more than anything else. Uh, yeah, yep. it's, it's a release for me, right? Like I feel better and I can block the world's problems and work stress and everything else out when I go fly. So she knows it's good for me too. So, you know, it's all about compromise. It's about communication. It's about trading. It's about not spending too much. I mean, part of this balance is, you know, being honest with your, your spouse about budgets or, you know, finding a way to make the budget also not have an impact on your family, right? You shouldn't be spending your grocery money on helicopters, for example. Uh, So you need to be honest with yourself about what a reasonable budget is. And that's part of the balance too, honestly. So, you know, I know a lot of folks message us about this topic looking for some sort of magic solution. to balance, you know, how do I get more time? How do I find more time? I don't know, you know, like Dan said, you know, almost jokingly that, you know, we don't really have an answer. But the truth is, is that there is no universal answer. Uh, You have to do what's best for you, your family and your situation. Uh, And we all find ways to do that differently. My only suggestion are just, you know, try some of the things that have worked for us, which is just how can I lessen the impact of the hobby on my family? And how can I offer important things to other members of my family so they'll understand when I want to take the time to fly? Like, how can I make my kids feel special by spending time with them? My wife feels special, you know, by giving her time to spend away from the family uh, such that I get that time back in return. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say. I was trying to remember. Oh, and then earlier this year, I had a time. Sometimes this balance gets off, right? And for me this year, that happened when uh, when Dan fell ill. And I sort of temporarily took over trying to wrangle things with the podcast and do all the editing. <laughs> and yeah. people nag me and have given me a lot of shit about the Nitro build. But the honest truth is that the reason I haven't started the Nitro build is because those hours that I would have spent building it late at night were spent editing the podcast. Um, yeah. And that was a trade I made willingly and happily. Um, and I just shifted my priorities. I shifted the balance for a little while. So now that Dan's back and, you know, we can share in these duties, like that time has been created again. So, you know things shift. You got to roll with them. Um, You got to reprioritize on the fly and uh, be willing to put it together. And then I just want to touch on one thing and then I'll shut up, I swear. Um, You know, Scott mentioned these sponsorship opportunities, you know, weighing people down uh, or feeling compelled to have to do things. I feel very like lucky and fortunate that I've managed that in that the work I do, um, you know, with Heli Director or whatever, creating content is actually a hobby within a hobby for me. That's fun for me, right? Like, I'm not an employee. I don't get paid. There's no expectations. You know, there's no, like, level of productivity I have to put out. So for me, it's like, I want to make a cool video on this. And then I just do it. And it's fun. And I get to play with things I want to play with and and create that content. So, but if it was ever felt like a job, I would not want to do it. I'm with Scott all the way. Like, it's not worth it. If somebody said, You have to post this many times and you have to do this. And these are your monthly objectives. I'd be like, nah, I'm good. Thank you. But if somebody said like, hey, do you want to do some cool stuff that you really enjoy doing that helps us in the end, but like you enjoy too? I'd be like, hell yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at with that. So that's how I balance that. It's not an obligation to sponsors. It's I get to do fun things that coincidentally make them happy and me happy. and, And that's why I do it. So anyway, that's all I got to say on the subject.
3: Damn, that shit's better than Doctor Phil. Where do I? Yeah, totally, man. It's just
1: like uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Phil. I've been thinking
3: about this for a while, man. We've been talking about doing you
1: know, this
0: episode for a long time. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't, I don't particularly like this topic. Let me, let me tell you why. Because I, I think about after listening to you guys talk and 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 hearing and understanding everything you're dealing with. Uh, you know, you've got the kids. You've got your jobs. You've got your wives. And I just I just can't help but think, like, sometimes I feel like a big piece of shit. Now, let me tell you why. It's because, I, first of all, I've got a job. We've all got that. I've got the wife. We don't have kids. But one thing I do have is a wife that's pretty much willing to go to the flying field anytime I want to go. Like, I, I literally, I swear to God, I could tell her tomorrow night when I get home from work, I want to go flying. Would you like to come with me? And she, she would say yes. And we would spend time together. But I feel like if you guys had that, I mean, all of you, you would be flying so much more. And I'm like, why am I not? You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, it's like, ah, fuck. I, don't, I know. don't know. Sometimes uh, it makes me feel like a piece of shit.
4: Don't be so hard on yourself. Like <laughs> my my wife likes to go to the field too. And she likes to bring my kid. Um, it still makes it hard to do and just to find time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, so you don't feel
4: like it, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then something we didn't even touch on, by the way, which has been a struggle for me is staying physically fit or trying to get exercise and also doing this whole life and helicopter balance thing. Like for the past two years, I've been trying to lose weight and I've been successful, but it's been super slow at times because like anytime I get obsessed with RC again and like dive back in, I stop working out like I stop riding bikes or, you know, I never used to be a gym person. So I'd go for a run, but like it's tough. And now lately, like every every night except Monday night, like I go to the gym now, so I'm not racing RC cars because of that, and I'm not really flying most of the time because, like, what am I gonna? I got like three hours after work to fly, but I gotta run home. Wife goes to the gym, I go to the gym, then we get the kid ready for bed.
1: It's like no time.
4: You just, so is that something
1: kid. you and your wife do together?
4: Uh, she does CrossFit, and then I go to the gym and do um, weight training. Okay. Like never, never, ever lifted a weight in my entire life. But for some reason, like two weeks ago, I got the bug and I'm like, fuck it, we're doing this because like, I've only ever done cardio and I lost like 30 pounds doing cardio over the past couple of years and, you know, mountain biking and shit. And I'm like, I wonder what happens if I lift weights? Like, I'm not a really small dude. Let's see what happens. So I don't know. That's now competing for my time. It's like this, this balance of like, what do you do? That's your thing when you don't have all these life responsibilities, you can fill it right. with helis working out cars and whatever painting hobby or whatever else you do. Um, right. you know, for Nick, it's like video editing and stuff and something's going to take a backseat.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's whatever makes you happy. Seriously. And if that's buying helis all day, every day, as long as it's not destroying your life or those are your kids life, knock yourself out. Gotta take a little bit of responsibility for some of that shit, right? User. Yes, yeah. You
0: need yeah. to be aware of the impact it has on others.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. The impact it has on others. Because a lot of people don't think that way. With anything. Not just at least, but with anything.
3: Yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah, this topic is we talking about it in the context of RC helicopters, but I think that anybody that has something extracurricular. It's, it's a lot of the same concepts are that you know sure. they're all kind of the same you know what i'm saying so yeah that's that, the
1: age-old question i mean it's nothing new it's, it's certainly not you know
3: it's mm-hmm. certainly
1: not something us helicopter hobby people experience it's every and every right yeah. Yeah. And yeah it's just how you figure it out and, you know uh,
4: i gotta rent too small one okay I used to be, like I talked about, super focused on spending as much time as possible dedicating it to helicopters. And I built up a pretty cool following in my area of people that flew almost every weekend. Like any given Sunday, you can go, or Saturday, whatever, you can go to the flying field and it would be me and like six or seven other people. It was bumping. We got comments from the people that, you know, flew the airplanes and stuff. They're like, yeah, you know, helicopter guys never used to come here, but... But now you guys are out here in droves every weekend kind of thing. And they, they really think it's, you know, progressing and, and growing. And it sucks because I put the pressure on myself to, like, try and keep that alive. And sure as shit, dude, when I when I quit the hobby, uh, you know, I say quit the hobby, I'm back, obviously. But when I went through some shit about a year and a half ago and I stopped flying, this place is a ghost town. I'm not saying, like, you know, it was my doing and I... I'm the only reason people flew, which isn't true, but I do believe that I was a pretty large source of the hype in the area for right. excitement and, you know, oh, come on, let's go, random up, you know, the, getting people motivated to come out and, and show up. But I'm not kidding. Nobody around here flies anymore. Like there's like seven or eight people that we used to fly with all the time and they're just gone, disappeared. Um, There's like maybe four or five, maybe four people in Statesville that still fly. Um, and up in the uh, Winston area, down at the Charlotte field, I don't think anybody, honestly, maybe one or two guys, like, randomly that I don't know, but in the core group we had going, none of them. That's really sad.
1: You scared them all away?
4: No, I don't know. I guess <laughs> it's just, it's really frustrating that I put that much pressure and I, I guess I felt the weight of trying to keep it alive, keep RC Hellies alive thing, and I guess it doesn't matter. Like all it takes is one, one slip up, one you know life change where one person disappears, and then it kind of crumbles and falls. And it it's really frustrating. I want well, I'm going to try give you go, some
1: advice that you just gave me. Yeah, don't be so hard on yourself.
4: <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to throw that right back at your face. I just wish it sustained. You know, it's like I put well, that tough. effort into getting everyone so amped, and it's gone.
1: Well, it's. it's like, you know, it's, I don't know, I've, I've experienced that in other aspects, but I, I mean, it's, um, there's generally one person, and I, this is kind of a weird, weird example, but we used to do a huge family reunion every year, right? And, and one key person passed away mm-hmm. that kind of facilitated it, and it hasn't happened since. I mean, it just never happens. Like, and it used to be huge. Three, 400 people would show up, and then literally the next year, nobody.
4: God, man. That's so sad. And it was
1: one person that was like the glue, like the, that made sure it it happened. Right. And it's just, that's, I think that's, you know, extreme example, but nonetheless the same.
4: Yeah. Kind of. Anyway. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's not anything to do with me too. Maybe it's a lot to do with COVID and things that happened because that's kind of around about the same time. Maybe I'll feel better if I just blame it on that, but it couldn't help but to feel like I ruined it, you know?
3: You party, yeah, dude. You fuck, you fuck, use guys,
4: yeah. I don't know. I'm hoping, I'm hoping some of these people come back because I really enjoyed hanging out with a lot of them. They were a large source of my happiness away from home. Obviously, home has a lot of happiness, but God, it was nice looking forward to the weekends hanging out with that poor group of dudes, you know,
3: yeah, hanging out with dudes all night. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Right, Devin?
1: Mm,
4: yeah. <laughs> Devin. Devin, oh, so sweet. Oh, fuck you, Devin.
3: Yeah. Oh, damn. Us <laughs> dead.
4: His balance yeah. Sorry, that way. rant really, you know. <laughs> <The> microphone <laughs> comes off mute. All you hear is...
1: <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. Well, I think we're getting close enough to wrap this one up. But before we do that, um, maybe we should get some emails. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that?
0: Uh, Nick Wisdom at RCHNV3.com.
4: How about you, Scott? The best worst way is Scott at RCHNV3.com. Or the worst best way, Facebook, got Graham.
1: Excellent. Devin?
2: Uh, Devin McClellan on Facebook or Devin at rchnv3.com.
1: I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchnv3.com. Dan K. Reed, I think, is my Facebook. I don't really use that a whole lot. But anyway, I'm there. Yep, Pretty easy to find name. me. Is it? Is yep. that what it is?
4: You got a rank. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and of course, you can check out our webpage, www.rchnv3.com. Promise to get that sorted out. Just I don't have a good excuse other than I'm a fuck. We're not sorting those out yet, but I'll get all the all the all of the episodes updated there. I promise. At some point, in the next several years. That's what
2: I
3: was (laughs) thinking. (laughs) Done.
1: And last but not least, Rob, how would I get in touch with you if I needed to?
3: Denial. Then, so uh, if you want to reach me. Uh, you're going to have to do something nice for Scott. And in return, he'll give me the message. So what you have to do is procure yourself a guile suit and a Nordic track. Um, and then take the Nordic track to wherever he flies and slither out to the flight line. And when he's not looking, hook the Nordic track up to his um, Bank 3 so that he's not able to fly 3D unless he skis on the Nordic track at the same time. This way, he'll get exercise and be able to fly his helicopters simultaneously. He'll be thankful, and while he's doing that, just whisper your question into his ear um, while you're holding his side so he feels better about the whole situation. Uh, And then he'll remember that uh, distinctly and tell me what the question is, and I'll answer it. Um, but if you aren't sure what a guile suit is, or if it's gilly, um, and you don't want to Google that, or you don't know what a Nordic track is, uh, then you could just email me at rob at rchnv3.com. Hit me up on uh, Facebook at NextGenRCFB, Instagram at NextGenRC, or uh, YouTube.com slash NextGenRC. Yeah, I'm
1: going to go with the uh, ladder route.
3: Mm-hmm. You're going to go on a this ladder.
2: Seems like you. I, I'd, I'll only do it if I get the caress, Scott, as well.
3: Oh, Go ahead. Stop me. You're camouflaged like the bushes. He won't even know it's you, man.
2: Oh, damn. Like nice. Bush. Which bush? Like a, the big
3: one. The puffy. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the stinky one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This has been episode 40, I guess, right? I'm sure I hope you enjoyed listening to this one as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. See you next time. The time. See ya. See,
3: <laughs> See you bye. next. All the hell we fly. Right I was going to say up, we, and I the didn't fly didn't upside down. We the hell we uh, fly forwards and backwards onto the ground. The hell we fly right side <laughs> up. The hell we fly upside down. The hell we fly. Forward and backward, then they go into the
1: ground.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that ending?